Do you know most of the stuff that we get in trouble with spiritually? Do you know it feels good? Do you know it feels good? Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And today's message, it is the first sermon in as long as I have been preaching that I can recall that has actually wrenched my stomach when I thought about it. I'm generally a pretty bold person. I don't flinch from too much. But the sermon today actually shook me. It caused me issues. I didn't want to preach it. I didn't want to deal with it at all. But today is a message that for a small few has the potential to make a difference in your life. Even upon last week, last week when I prayed the prayer before the sermon, I asked God for strength for last week and this week. It's the first time I've ever prayed a whole week in advance for the next sermon. But I felt that I really needed it on this day. And once you begin to hear it, you're going to understand why? Let me give you a little background that I normally have not done ever in the past. My name is Nathaniel Hawthorne Bronner Jr. And most of you who are here today or who are listening online or listening in the internet later, you know me as a preacher, you know me as a writer of Mountain Wings and AirJesus.com, but many of you don't know that I am also executive vice president of Bronner Brothers. And Bronner Brothers is a company that my father founded over 60 years ago. And fundamentally, we make hair products and we produce hair trade shows. Bronner Brothers is the main company featured in the Chris Rock movie, Good Hair. And this message came from the movie Good Hair. If you have not seen it, I would encourage you to see it, whether you see it in the theaters or whether you see it via DVD rental. I would encourage you to go and to see the movie. And it stems from when Chris Rock was talking about hair weaves. And he basically said that the hair that's utilized in most of the expensive hair weaving comes from India. And it comes from India via the women donating the hair in the temples of India. And they sacrifice the hair to their gods. And the revelation came that they are sacrificing hair to a foreign god. And we're buying it. And we're wearing hair sacrificed to a foreign god. And today's sermon, the sermon that I prayed for on last week. Last week was sermon number 5455. And it was entitled, Don't Take It Personal. So even I have to maybe even extend it on to this message today. And, and perhaps I, I see now why God had ordered even those two sermons together. Last week was don't take it personal. So people from the sermon from last week, don't take it personal. 
But today's sermon, number 5455, is entitled, Actually What God Spoke to Me, as I was sitting in the preparation room in the back last week and going over this thing in my head and and, and fretting over it and frowning about it and not wanting to do it. I heard God speak the title to to today's message. Oftentimes, he'll give me the subject, but very rarely the title of the message. It was one word, and that one word was simply weevil. And you got to figure out what it means. That's just what he spoke. So that's the title of the day's message is weevil. Now, the main religion in India is Hinduism. And I am not here, first of all, to bash Hinduism. I don't do that. My job is not to condemn other folk and other religions. My job is to teach the people in Christianity. So I don't have I, I don't I'm not talking to Hindus. I'm not talking to Islamics. I'm not talking to Buddhists. I'm talking to Christians. My job is to minister under Christians. Other folk got their own issues and their own religions. And to be honest about it, people, I got enough issues doing what the Bible says. I got all I can handle without having to worry about the Vedas, without having to worry about the Quran, I got enough issues just dealing with what the Bible says. By the time I comprehend and understand that, I have my plate full. So I am not here to bash anything in Hinduism. That's Mountain Wings goes around the world. It has subscribers in virtually every country. The largest number of subscribers are, of course, from the U.S. The second largest number of subscribers are from Canada. The third largest number of subscribers to Mountain Wings produced by this ministry comes from India. So so we get tons of prayer requests from India. There are quite a few Christians in India, but the predominant and the majority of the people there, there are Hindus. And oftentimes I'll get prayer requests because they are Christians in a family of Hindus and they're being persecuted, looked down upon, having all these issues. And that's understandable. It's understandable because you as Christians, you would have a problem if one of your children came up and they're talking about they're going to another religion. So I can understand how Hindu families have just as much problem with one of their children converting over to Christianity as one of you would have if one of your children converted over. So I'm not here I'm not here trying to condemn anything of any other religion, but I do want to make a point clear. It's a foreign religion. That's that's and that's the main point that I want to make. It it is a foreign religion. And, And the word foreign is not inherently good nor bad. The word foreign simply means is not from here. It's not something that's of you. It's just like if you drive a foreign car, if you drive a foreign car, it means that the car fundamentally is produced, owned by a company that's not in the United States. So it's a foreign car. So a foreign God or a foreign religion, a foreign God simply means that it is not the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. It simply means that it is not the one God that we serve. I'm not casting any, I'm not judging any other God. All that I can say, if it's not the God that we serve, it's a foreign God. Now to somebody else in another country and they're serving another, our God is foreign to them. Just like if you take a Ford and if you take a Ford over to India, it's a foreign car. So all I'm saying is, That as far as we as Christians are concerned, any other God other than the God who we serve, any other God is a foreign God. 
In Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verse 2, these are verses that all of us are familiar. You don't even have to turn there because you know what these verses are. These are the Ten Commandments. And the first two commandments and the Ten Commandments deal with foreign gods. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I the Lord thy God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. God acknowledged that there were other gods. He told you don't serve them. He told you don't bow down to them. He told you don't get under them. But a lot, see people, what we're dealing with now and to even understand just the extent of the glory that goes on top of a woman's head. The Bible says long hair is a glory unto the woman. The issue that we have to deal with, and don't take it personal, but the issue that we have to deal with is the glory that's going on top of many of our heads has been sacrificed to a foreign God. Now, now some and people, this is what's wrong with sometimes the prophetic. That stuff is not pleasant. That's why they kill all those prophets. Sometimes when you really come with the pure, unadulterated word of God, it makes folk mad. But there's one thing about it. You know it's true. See, it may make you mad, but you can't argue that it's true. See, it may make you mad. You may not like it. You may not, you may say, I, ain't give, I don't give a hoot about what that pastor said. You may not like it. You may disregard it. You may throw it in the trash can. You may call it foolishness. But one thing you do know, you know it's true. And see, there's a part of that truth that cuts with that double-edged sword. So God from the beginning told his people, told his children, don't you don't you worship? Don't you bow down? Don't, don't you deal with any other gods? And there were other gods. Right now, we import into the United States about 80,000 tons of hair per year. That's 160 million pounds. The average car weighs about 4,000 pounds, so that's the weight of 40,000 cars worth of hair. That's a lot of hair. Now, the most prized and expensive hair comes from India. You find, and this, this was what the movie dealt with, it talked with women, primarily African-American women. But to be honest, it's not just African-American women who wear the hair. All races wear the hair. But, but primarily the movie that Chris Rock made was dealing with African-American women. And the most prized and expensive hair comes from India. Most of that comes from temple sacrifices. Now, when I started doing the research, in truth, only about 25% of the hair that comes out of India is really temple sacrificed hair. The rest of it comes from some from salon floors or hairbrushes, and it is referred to as dead hair or non-remy hair. Local Indian women will comb their hair two to three times a day and collect the hair. They can then sell this hair to help pay their bills. To give you an idea of what they make from their hair, about 60 women who combine their hair, they make about $2 and a half a day. But this hair is considered very poor quality because the hair cuticles are all messed up 
And they all face different directions. In a nutshell, it's frizzy. It's got split ends. It's frazzled. So it's dead hair that they've combed out. It comes at 75% of the hair that comes out of India is this dead hair. But it's not the fine hair. It's not the hair that people are paying thousands of dollars for. That good, you, that's why the movie was called Good Hair. You all know what I'm talking about. So, so it, that, that hair, the bulk of that is coming from temple sacrifices. The non-remy, the dead hair, if you ever have extensions that mat in a few days and it's completely unmanageable, that's that dead hair. That's the cheap stuff. So, so, so the good stuff... So the good, and some of y'all, you can't, you can't, but that's, and this is just a reality. This, this is just a truth. So the good stuff that is coming out of India is primarily temple sacrificed hair. Now in 2004, there's an article in the New York Times that the Jewish rabbis They banned Indian wigs. The rabbi said that the hair may have been used in Hindu religious ceremonies, which, like other pantheistic practices, are considered idolatrous in orthodox teaching. As a result, many of the women felt obliged to put aside their costly wigs, flocking instead to stores that sold acceptable replacements. Basically, what it says is, The rabbis told the Jewish women, you cannot wear hair that comes from Indian temples sacrificed to their gods because that is idolatrous. And they said they had to throw some wigs away that cost thousands of dollars. But the Jewish women did this. All that money. Can you imagine having a wig that cost three thousand dollars and you got to throw it in the trash can? But there is a reason why the Jews have blessings beyond the normal. There's a reason for that. See, that stuff is no accidental. Sometimes you look at them and you say, why they got all this? There is a reason why the Jews are 3% of the population and 30% of the millionaires. There's a reason. So sometimes when you may see them do something and they have the knowledge enough to know, even though I may throw this $3,000 thing in the trash, if I don't, It'll cause something that'll cause me to lose 10 times this. So the Jews understand some things about God's law and about his principles that often we don't understand. The first mention of foreign gods, Genesis 35, second verse. And Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and has been with me in the way in which I have gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods which were in their hands, and the earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree, which was by Shechem. Now here, Jacob told the people, get rid of all of the foreign gods, Even change your clothes. And they brought to him the foreign gods and the earrings, which were cosmetic decorations. And basically what they're saying, anything that's got to do with these foreign gods, we have to get rid of. In Acts 15, 29, the Bible says that ye abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication, for which if ye keep yourselves, ye shall 
do well. Now, the Bible here talks about when the disciples came together and they they gave these rules for the Gentiles. There's a later verse that Paul's deal with. But basically what it says, you got to do four things. You got to you got to basically you can't eat food sacrificed to idols. You can't eat food with the blood still in it. You can't eat animals that have been strangled and you have to abstain from fornication. Every one of those food laws we now understand has scientific reasoning. We now understand why you don't eat animals with the blood still in them or have been strangled because they are they're subject to a multiplied increase of what's called septic poisoning. So science now understands that. So all of this stuff, though, the people may not have understood it. And that there's a power that's in foreign gods. Let nobody fool you. People, some of this voodoo stuff, some of the other religion, that stuff has a power to it. Now, I'm not judging it. I'm simply saying some of that stuff got a power to it. So when you understand this and when it has been anointed, we even have at the God Hill service, we will have prayer cloths and if people can't get here, we will we'll pray and anoint the prayer cloth and they can take the prayer cloth. And, and, and last week we had somebody came in that we had given a prayer cloth to and they said the minute they laid a cloth on them, they felt the power of God just go all through them. Amen. A cloth is nothing but wool. That's nothing but animal hair. So there's an anointing that stays in and goes in hair. And whoever has had his hair on their head, there's an anointing that goes with the hair, with the purpose. And when you put this stuff on your head, see, sometimes some stuff may go through you and the power may go through you that you do not understand. And if you don't understand what goes on, you can't make right decision. In Hindu, it's called tonsuring. Hindus devotees offer their hair to temples throughout India. An example is what's called the Venkateswara Temple in southern India, where an average of 50 to 100,000 pilgrims visit every day. 50 to 100,000 people go there every day. It's more than the Vatican and it's more than Mecca. From this temple alone, one ton of human hair is offered every day. And the temple sells, that's just one church, get a ton of hair every day. The hair is sacrificed to the god Venkateswara. Venkateswara is a form of the Hindu god Vishnu in India, and it's one of the trinity of the Indian gods. Vishkateswara means the Lord who destroys the sins of the people. And according to the Hindu scriptures, Vishnu, out of love towards his devotees, incarnated as Venkateswara and appeared for the salvation and uplifting of humanity and is considered the supreme form of Vishnu. So this is who they sacrifice the hair to, Venkateswara. That's a foreign god. Now, I'm not judging who Venkateswara is. All I'm saying, as far as Christians are concerned, that is and he is or she is a foreign god. There also is an Indian custom to perform tonsor on widows after their husband's death or even to perform the same ritual on the head of a child after the death of a parent. The original purpose for tonsoring was to show one's devotion to God by shaving their heads clean and starting their lives anew. By shaving their heads and enable people to free themselves from their past sins and continue on with purer lives. 
When they wash away their past, it's symbolically in the hair. And they did this not just for the past sins of this life. They believe in reincarnation. So they did it also for the past sins of past lives. That's why they were tonsured babies. They shave off their hair. And it was all of the sins of the past lives. All of the, so, so when you put on the hair, not only is it being sacrificed to a foreign god, it's being sacrificed with all of their sins and past mess in the hair. So they put all of this stuff in the hair. I'm cutting my hair off. I'm sacrificing it to the God who, who gets rid of all this past stuff. So all of my sins, all of my past messes in this hair, they give the hair to the temple and you put it on your head. So when you put it on your head, you have been anointed with all of the past mess of whoever this woman is. And not only is it even just in the temple. Moreover, tonsuring can be used for punishment or to show that someone is an outcast in society because of the law they have broken. However, the course of thousands of years, tonsuring has found new functions. Tonsuring can denote one's social class or personal standing. So tonsuring, it's got got a whole lot of stuff in it that relates to a lot of different things. And just in this year, back in June... A lady killed her husband, killed her two children. And because of that, she was tonsured. So all of her hair was shaved off. But the thing about it, somebody bought that hair. The lady who's killed her husband, who's killed her two children, and and the custom required, even before she received the civil punishment, the custom required that her hair be shaved. So all that somebody is walking around right now with the hair and the spirit tied up in that hair of this lady who has killed her husband and who has killed her two children. You need to understand where some of the customs come from. And I know this stuff looks good. There's there's no question about that. But oftentimes of the things of which we do, sometimes it looks good. Do you know most of the stuff that we get in trouble with spiritually? Do you know it feels good? Do you know it feels good? So because it looks good or because it feels good, it has zilch to do with whether you as a Christian should be doing it. Now, people, you have to decide and you have to make a decision of whether this thing is for you or not. You have to decide upon this. The the preacher can't do it because it's up to you to make this kind of decision. Because a lot of times with a lot of this stuff and you don't. And and the movie talked about women who were paying three to four thousand dollars to get hair. And I must admit, if you pay four thousand dollars to get some weave in your hair, it's going to be hard for you to go down and take some say, cut all this stuff out and throw it in the trash. I understand that. But that's a decision that you will have to make. And, And for me, it's. It's difficult to preach this because my family and my executive position is in the business. We have a store. We sell the hair. So this is some stuff that that hits me personal and economic. We have the largest trade show in the world of its kind. And a lot of the people who come to exhibit, they sell the hair. So it's I'm not the typical preacher dealing with this. And that's why it was so rough for me because my family's business deals with it. But when I recognized the truth, I had a choice. Do I serve God or mammon? And oftentimes when you're faced with that choice, it's never pleasant. It's never easy. That stuff pulls at the pocketbook and you have to wrestle with this stuff. Will you serve God or will you serve mammon? You have to make this decision. I I wanted to just give you background as as the revelation came about the movie. And even Chris Rock's name may not be accidental. 
See, the root of Chris is Christ, and his last name is Rock. So sometimes, see, some real truth can come in some real unorthodox, in some unexpected ways. And he may bring a truth that has a power to it for those who will hear it and act upon it and make changes in the world. And, and sometimes, people, there's some anointing that's come on our lives, and we can't figure out where this mess coming from. And we're putting it on before we leave the house every day. And there's a spirit that comes over us. And it's a spirit that somebody else has tried to cast off and get off of their world. And we take it, pay for it, and put it on ours. Every bit of the stuff, when they sacrifice it, they say, I'm getting rid of all this bad stuff in my life. That's what it represents to them. I'm getting rid of all of the bad stuff, not only in this life, but all the lives I've lived in the past. I'm getting rid of all this stuff from multiple lives. And you take it, pay for it, and put it on your head. Anoint your head with it. So people, this is a rough message. I know it's a rough message. There's no question about it. It's a very, very rough message, but it's true. You go check the facts for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. You go check the facts for yourself. And you go before God. And you ask God, Lord, is this okay for me? You have to ask. You have to know. And as you walk out every day with the glory on your head, you have to know, is this from God? And is God happy with me with this? And if you get a release, then that's fine. You go right ahead, sling your head and roll on. (laughs) But if God pricks your heart and he puts something in you, that puts a pause in your spirit, then you need to consider, I have told you the source of most of what we consider the finest and the best of the hair. You have to decide what you're going to do with the knowledge that God has brought forth to you upon this day. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because brother (laughs) and sister... You need the word. This ends message number 5455 by Nathaniel Bronner Jr. To hear other messages or to send this message number 5455 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 5455. We will. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.